Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan, and this is episode 31 of Sodom and I. So, for the past uh, six podcasts, we've been speaking on the seven churches in Revelation. The first church, first church was Ephesus, who had forsaken their first love. Then Smyrna, who experienced persecution and encouraged not to fear the second death. Pergamum, where some appeared to be seduced and were displaying a morally compromised lifestyle. Then we go on to Thyatira, where some believers were in the church. They chose to tolerate sin and misleading teaching. Then there was Sardis, a church that looked alive outwardly, but inwardly was spiritually dying and dead. And then the church of Philadelphia, a church that persevered and refused to deny the name of Jesus. Now, <clears throat> each letter to these churches have they they've given a ray of hope for the believer and instruction on how to live, because God isn't talking to people who Jesus didn't write these letters to people who were not believers. You know, He's talking to people who were in the church, who were a part of the church, who may have just you know gone off path at some point, not not on purpose. You know, I don't think anyone, what does it say? I don't believe any church or believer intentionally drifts away from lovingly serving Jesus. But it can easily occur when the enemy of your soul seeks to devour followers of Christ. It's also true for the person living in spiritual darkness, whose spiritual eyes are and ears are closed to the truth of Christ. They will only, <clears throat> they will only believe the lies of the world and remain in darkness. Here's a couple of lies from the enemy that you should not believe. Don't let yourself sink into it. Some cuz it's gonna it's gonna pop up in your mind. Those intrusive thoughts, everybody has those. It happens. You know, but you have to learn how to deal with them properly that way you can overcome the thoughts and think past it. So, lie number 1 causes not a, a lie that causes you to focus on your own selfish ungodly desires rather than on God almighty. And now I'm pretty of course these can be uh, applied to more than one thing. You know, I don't know you guys, but I know that this is going to help you in some way shape or form. A lie that reduces faith in God instead to think mankind is simply an evolved being without a divine creator. We get specific. <laughs> yeah. A lie to cause you to discount the warning of scripture and think everything is okay. It is the same lie that E believed in the garden. You will not surely die. A lie that says God does not want for you to have fun or for you to know all he knows because then you'll be like him. A lie that says a comfortable life is one where the person with the most toys wins and that is all that matters. These are lies that come with a hidden cost, a balloon payment of eternal death and separation from God. But thank the Lord, Jesus provides a way of redemption, a way to overcome the lie of the enemy and pay the debt of our sin that we can never pay ourselves. A way to realize our spiritual poverty and receive with joy the blessing and promises of God for those who believe. The way to salvation. 
The way of eternal life is only with Christ and is only possible by answering the door to your heart and inviting Jesus in. Today, we look at the seventh church, the church of uh, Laodicea. Yeah, Laodicea. There we go. I be practicing these words, guys. I really do. I want to make sure I pr uh, pronounce them the right way. I practice for you guys. I appreciate you. So we're going to read this in NIV. Boom. But let's, uh, the title of this, Laodicea, a lukewarm materialistic church. This is a call to open the door of your heart. Mm -hmm. We're going to be in Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 22. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Mm -hmm. All right, in a couple churches ago, we looked at Smyrna. The city of Smyrna was said to be physically poor yet rich spiritually. The believers in Smyrna did not have much in physical possessions, and they were uh, one of only two churches that we studied who did not receive a warning to repent. Now, I think yesterday I said it was only Philadelphia, but it was also Smyrna. So if you if you heard me just read that and you were like, but Jordan said this, yeah, I know this is me repenting. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. And there's two churches, Smyrna and Philadelphia. Only one of two churches that we studied who did not have uh, a warning to repent. They didn't receive a warning to repent. The believers of Smyrna experienced persecution, but remained faithful. That is true. The church of Laodicea was the complete opposite. A wealthy community, but spiritually they were lukewarm. Spiritually they were poor, but comfortable just the way they were. I think Le uh, Laodicea is the only church of the seven that did not receive a single positive word of some kind from the Lord. The letter to the Laodiceans contained only a rebuke. It appears they were living close enough to being religious and not so distant for them to feel a need to repent. Neither obedience nor disobedience regarding the truth of God mattered to them. Mm-hmm. 
They were happy like a frog is in a pond. They did not appear to experience any persecution and were unaware of their own spiritual poverty. Mm-hmm. Physically wealthy, but spiritually poor. Jesus often taught using parables, and the Holy Spirit has a way of using physical situations in our lives, relating the natural to, the, to teach a spiritual truth of God. Oh, how true that is. Oh, how true that is. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. Yes, he does. That he does indeed. The city of Laodicea had no water supply of its own. <laughs> it relied on two cities for water. The city of Colossae, they had cool mineral, sp- um, cool mineral springs, right? The city of Heropolis, they were known for hot mineral springs. Mm-hmm. And the water was basically sent to uh, Laodicea for both places. Right, they were, they were, one was southeast and one was north. By the time both water sources reached Laodicea, the water was only lukewarm. When the water sources met and mixed, the hot water was no longer hot and the cold water was no longer cold. Mm-hmm. How many of you enjoy a nice hot drink or, or ice cold drink? Maybe a hot cup of coffee, hot chocolate or tea. And, or, or a cold, refrigerated iced coffee, iced tea, or like chocolate milk. But what about a drink that has been sitting in the sun for a time and becomes lukewarm? Try drinking a glass of lukewarm iced tea or milk. It, it's not as appetizing as a hot or cold, you know? The believers in Laodicea were not spiritually hot or cold. They were somewhere in the middle. And Jesus said he would spit them out. The believers in Laodicea may have thought they were spiritually okay, but chances are they gave no thought to their spiritual well-being and were living spiritually lukewarm lives. Mm -hmm. Chances are no one could tell what they believed. They were not living for Jesus, nor were they living wildly or ungodly, but rather somewhat worldly lives. They probably went to church on the Sabbath and then lived as the world the other six days. Hmm. I, I, I don't know if that sounds familiar to some of you guys, but it sounds familiar to me. Not right now. Because <laughs> I've definitely been trying to stay in church and do what I can. But there was, you know, there were times where we'd go to church on Sunday and then do your thing throughout the week and do whatever, do whatever, and then come back on Sunday and repent and then leave church and do the same thing all over again and that's not living for God because you're supposed to live for God every day not just on Sundays y'all but what what did that say in revelation you go back to it i those who i love i rebuke and discipline that's revelation chapter 3 verse 19 if god did not care he just lets you do whatever and then go straight to hell after you die. He just do it. He wouldn't let he wouldn't he wouldn't do nothing if he didn't care. But he does. It's the same way how we have how we have friends or family who we we really care about. So we tell them the things that we see that's, you know, going on that might not be the best thing for them. You know, whether they take it or not is all up to them. Whether they ask for help or not 
is all up to them. Whether they believe you can help them or not is all up to them. But you can't say that you didn't try. You can't say that God is not giving you a way to him, to a better life, to not have a second death. Because as humans, we're all basically guaranteed, basically, LOL. As humans, we're all guaranteed a first death. He's trying to save you from the second one. He's trying to save me from the second one. And I don't know about you guys, but if I got to die once, I do not want to have to die twice. Period. But continuing. The church of Laodicea was com- the complete opposite. Yeah, I've scrolled way up. <laughs> There we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. John called these people poor, naked, yet they had money in their pockets, right? What was the issue that John was trying to relate? Spiritually, they were poor. They were naked and they were blind, even as they walked around and find clothing and money in their wallets. The city of Laodicea was also known for the eye salve that they produced and sold. It was sought after to bring healing to those who had some type of eye issue. The medical eye salve helped people see in the natural, and yet John tells the reader that the believers in Laodicea were blind. Physically, they could see, but spiritually, they were blind. They could help others to see, and they made money doing that, but spiritually, they were blind, poor, naked, and lukewarm. The believers in Laodicea were entangled and believed the lies of the enemy. They were living blind regarding the truth of the gospel. They were deaf to Jesus, knocking at the door of their hearts. They were spiritually lukewarm, and God desired them to be one or the other, hot or cold. The believers were only deceiving themselves and no one else. Certainly not God. God was about to figuratively spit them out of his mouth if they did not change. Mm-hmm. Are you spiritually lukewarm? Let's get to the, the questions that, that matter, even though this entire article clearly matters. Are you spiritually lukewarm? Jesus knew their deeds, but works do not help you gain salvation. If advertising teaches us anything, it's this. Multiple lies that feed your selfish ego sells products. Ask the car dealer, the cereal maker, and the media companies. Greed can turn an honest person into a dishonest person whom they would despise normally, but they don't see it in themselves. The enemy of your soul can turn you blind to the truth of God with empty hopes and lies. The enemy of your soul can turn up the volume or bombard you with worldly desires and drown out the voice of the Spirit of God, if you allow it by doing nothing. The enemy of your soul can get you to focus on physical possessions, money, or selfish desires, Mm -hmm. much like like a simple, shining fishing lure, rather than focusing on spiritual realities when you allow your heart to be spiritually unguarded. Listen, listen, Linda, listen, listen, listen. The enemy of your soul does not believe in catch and release. That is a bar, much like a simply a simple shining fishing lure. He does not believe in catch and release. 
he thinks what he once he got you, he got you. All right. They were they were encouraged to seek God and buy gold refined in the fire, white clothes to wear to cover their nakedness, and the eye salves to put on their eyes so they can see. However, however, the city was all too proud of their wealth. They were proud of their clothing trade, and they were proud of their eye salve to give any thought to their spiritual need. John is giving us a picture of the church of Laodicea that is much like many churches today. A church filled with believers who are spiritually content, spiritually lukewarm without passion or spiritual drive, living with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. These believers felt they needed nothing. They had all the world to the, the all the world could give, along with having a false sense of spiritual security to boot. Friends, when anything supersedes your love and passion for Jesus, you become spiritually pitiful, poor, naked, and blind. Jesus is pursuing you. Is your heart open to him? Mm-hmm. The believers in Laodicea were counseled to buy gold refined by fire. Gold refined by fire is gold without impurities. It is the purest gold. And this gold is a picture of believer's salvation that was paid for at the cross. The priceless blood of Christ paid the debt of my sin and your sin when we placed faith in Jesus. Our sins were washed away and nakedness was covered as we confessed our sin and, and uh, placed our faith in Christ. Only then could we put on the righteousness of Christ and cover our spiritual nakedness. If God did not love his creation, if Jesus, God's one and only son, did not care, we would never have been rebuked or disciplined for sin. Didn't I just say that? That's so funny. Thank you, Lord. See John, uh, John three sixteen through seventeen in Hebrews chapter twelve, verses five through eight, and then ten through eleven. Some non-believers seem to blame God when bad things happen, but at the same time, they don't believe in God. How that work? That don't make no sense, do it? Ah, oh, it must be his fault. He's not real. But if he's not real, how is it his fault? Mm-hmm. It'll make sense. I hope somebody who's thinking like that listens to this and realize how much sense they do not make. <laughs> but go crazy. Some Christians question God when, when things go different from what they expect or want. When we can't always know or understand why God is doing something, there are times that he may be wanting to get our attention. Sometimes God uses situations in our lives to discipline us when we go off course. Discipline is not pleasant, but it has its purpose, and yet it has a purpose. Pain is not pleasant, but it has a purpose, and that is to indicate something is wrong. That's so funny. I wrote something down earlier. I'm going to my notes now, real quick, real, real quick. There we go, quotes. So I went to a P31 meeting, Proverbs 31. If you're a woman and you want a husband and you're not married, 
or if you're just a woman in general, just read Proverbs 31 and see the type of woman that God wants you to be, right? But earlier, Pastor Rhonda, she said, praise facilitates access to God. Now we're going to stick a pin in that and finish reading uh, the stuff in this in this article. No, I'm good. I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to dive in on that because we're almost done with the article. Praise facilitates access to God. What does that mean, Jordan? Praise facilitates access to God. So those people we were just speaking on, the non-believers who uh, blame God for bad things happening, but also say that he doesn't exist. Praise facilitates access to God. God gave you breath. That right there alone shows you that he loves you because you're alive. You literally don't have to be alive. <laughs> but he, you know, you're here because of him. And then you're like, he's not real. All right, I understand that. You know, I, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from, but not for real. Praise facilitates access to God. If you can't even acknowledge, if you can't say thank you for the breath in my body, I feel like maybe... Maybe people who don't really believe in God, if you truly think that he doesn't exist, just try this jive. Try this jive for like a month, for like 31 days. Even if you don't believe he's real or whatever, just wake up. You know what? Thank you, God. Thank you this. Thank you that. And watch how the things that you want to happen start happening at a faster pace or just start happening in general. You know, watch your life just slowly, slowly start coming together just a little bit more victories at first you know he's not going to completely change your life at first because you don't really know if you're you haven't even truly accepted jesus into your heart yet you know there's steps to it it's not just going to happen you know your life is trash one day and then the next day it's completely the opposite unless that's his plan for you i'm not god i cannot tell you what his plan for you is i can barely tell you what his plan for me is <laughs> But I can help you try and figure it out. You feel me? We're we're on this together. Praise facilitates access to God. Say thank you. Understand that we're literally not worthy of the grace that he gives us. Imagine, imagine you have a child and you tell that child what to do. You give them the keys to, to live the best life they possibly can. And you sit there every day loving them despite the fact that they constantly constantly disrespect you you still love them and you still take care of them that's crazy and then you're watching them making all of these mistakes and you're like i literally know that they know they're not supposed to do this and i'm watching them do it anyways and then i'm watching them blame me after their actions gave them a reaction that they didn't like could you imagine that I hope I never made my mom or my dad feel that way. Mommy and daddy, if you guys listen to this and I ever made you feel that way, I am so sorry because I know at one point in my childhood, I probably did. Like children do, you know, we're all God's children, but praise facilitates access to God. If you praise God, that facilitates uh, access to him. Maybe he will react more. Maybe he'll react a little faster once you actually show him some gratitude. 
work on your gratitude. Accept Jesus into your heart. Because at the end of the day, that's the only way to the Father through Christ Jesus. That is, it is what it is. It is what it is. That's just what it is, right? As we do, it's my prayer that as a nation, we will do the same. I skipped a part. We need to look deep into our hearts, repent, and recommit our love for Jesus and the truth of the gospel. As we do, there we go. It's my prayer that as a nation, we'll do the same. We need ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Let us not have lukewarm faith. It started talking about how as a society, uh, we, we've, we've done a lot of things that, you know, need repentance. Guys, it's okay to have to repent. Don't be afraid to repent. Fear is literally like a tool of the enemy. Because once you start fearing stuff, you, you, you get afraid to, to do it. Don't be afraid to repent. God does not want you to be like, hmm. God don't want you to walk around on eggshells. He's, he's a love-based God. He love you. He'll correct you and discipline isn't pleasant. We, we, we know that. But that doesn't, discipline does not equal a lack of love. Or a separation of love or a disappearance of love. If anything, discipline is like, discipline is where love lies one of the most because sometimes you got to fight your feelings to truly discipline someone you love you don't want to hurt them God don't want to hurt us you love us right the letters in the churches in chapters two and three of revelation are a warning for us today if you are not close or growing closer to God if you have left your first love, if you have allowed false teaching to enter your heart, if you have allowed immorality or a spirit of compromise regarding the things of the world, if you have walked away from Jesus or become spiritually lukewarm, then heed God's warning to repent. You know, let us open the door of our hearts wide and invite Jesus in. Let us ask the Holy Spirit to direct us in how we should live. Let us pray for the lost and our nation. Let us look for Jesus's return. Mm-hmm. Do you know Jesus personally? Maybe you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All you need to do is repent. Believe he is Lord and ask him to come into your heart. Seek Jesus with all your heart and he will direct your path. Pray that your spiritual eyes and ears are open and walk in the love and grace of God. And that is the end of our seven-part series, but I'd like to add on to that. Uh, a big, big part, guys, of, you know, becoming a Christian, if you're, like, transitioning from another faith, or, like, you just feel like your eyes have been opened a little bit more spiritually, you know, or you're, uh, you know, maybe you're an atheist who never really believed in God, and, and, something that you heard me say spoke to you a little bit you know maybe you're a christian maybe you feel like you're lukewarm right now a big part a big 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 part of of learning to walk in your faith more and just becoming more spiritually aware is submission a lot of us a lot of us a lot of us 
Me included sometimes have a really big problem with submission. This is why I decided to start my own business because I didn't want a boss. But you know what? I'm going to have to settle down and get a boss for a while. And that's okay. I'm going to have to learn how to submit to the will of God because maybe God wants me to have a boss. (laughs) But if I'm like, well, I'm not going to have one then it might take me a lot longer to get the things that I want to get done for his kingdom. You know, it it might take that a lot longer. So you know what? I'm asking God to direct my path. You know, I want my spiritual eyes and ears to be open. That way, if he tells me something, if he tells me something while I'm like driving or like, if he tells me something while I'm walking around the store, or I'm going somewhere You know, I want to be able to hear him. I want to be able to do his will. Because what if there's an emergency? And what if I'm the person that he wants to use to get through to that situation? If I can't hear him, then I cannot help him. You know, I can't help other people in his name. You know, so that means I have to get myself together in order to help other people. Right? And this is a good one. This is a good one. I'm not going to lie. I thought the last church was going to be like church number six, but this is honestly probably the most important one because like it says, they're lukewarm. It doesn't say that they didn't believe in God. You know, it says that they were lukewarm. They probably went to church on Sundays and then did whatever the rest of the week. How many of us do that? How many of us are in college or like, you know, living in college town or just being adults and, you know, don't walk in faith every day. It's okay. You got to be real with yourself. The first, the real first part about this is being real with yourself. Because if you're lying to yourself, God already knows the truth. You can't lie to him, bro. You know, if you, if you don't think you've been doing the best you could spiritually, you know, if you don't think, you know, it, it just, just sit down and be like, all right, Lord. I'm going to be real. I think I could do better. And then don't just be like, well, I think I can. And don't just be like, well, I don't think I can do it right now. So I'm just going to wait longer. That just extends your stuff. That's what? That's fear. Fear is what? It's a tool from the enemy that he uses that way you don't get closer to God. For you to be afraid to get closer to God. Don't be afraid of God. Ooh, yeah, don't be afraid of God. Be afraid of what he can do. But he's not going to do all that stuff if you just submit. <laughs> a lot of us like to be so hard-headed and we want to see what's going to happen if we don't. You, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Go ahead. You're just going to make your own life worse. I'll, I'll tell you what. Learn to submit and your life get better. Boom. But now, whispers of wisdom. Right, day 21, feeling lonely. You don't have to. God is with you every moment of every day. Whenever you're feeling all alone, check out Psalm 139. The Bible says that God examines our hearts and knows everything about us. He knows when we sit down and stand up. And he knows everything we're going to say before we ever say it. Amazing. Does that make you feel closer to God and a little less lonely? If you're not if you're not quite there yet, that's all right. Keep reading. Psalm 139 continues and tells us that no matter where we go, 
as high up as the heavens, as far as the distant side of the sea, in the darkness or in the light. God is with us no matter what. And I think I think uh, uh, I remember that if I make my my bed up in the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed down in hell, you're there. He's with you everywhere. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. He's with us no matter what. We can never hide from him because he knows everything about us all of the time. He even knows how many hairs are on your heads. Reference to Luke chapter 12, verse 7. So when you're feeling alone, remember that God is more than just the creator of all things. He is our heavenly father who knows you and wants to have a very personal relationship with you every day. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Psalm uh, 139 because I like Psalms. I'm going to read through the book of Psalms. Uh, I want to say one of these days, uh, it's going to come up soon. Psalms has 150 chapters. Mm-hmm. Lying down, lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful. Whisper of wisdom. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Psalm chapter 139, verse 5. Mm-hmm. If I, where can I go from your spirit? This is verse 7. We're going to read this in King James Version. Da, da, da. Yeah, there we go. Ooh, guys, I'm starting to memorize verses. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm so happy. All right. Verse 7. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. And I gotta highlight that. That's verse 14. Mm. Gotta see, he's such a poet the author that he is it just ah this is poetry it's just so beautiful man psalms is just awesome there's a bunch of songs very well written songs but i appreciate you guys and i thank you guys and we're gonna get back into our bible stories tomorrow super excited and we're also going to talk about uh why we should praise god so I believe Pastor Rhonda is going to send us an email list of things, you know, why we should praise God. And I think she said Psalm 145. There's like 23 reasons right there in Psalm 145. But we're going to go uh, through that tomorrow. I appreciate you guys. I thank you all for sitting here and 
and listening to these seven churches and just being attentive and wanting to do more spiritually for our Heavenly Father. I love you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I love you guys. And if you're new to this, that's all right, too. I still love you because we're going to grow together. Have a beautiful night. Stay blessed and stay safe. Mm-hmm.